I've just about had enough of you. I'm more than machine. A man Hello and welcome to another episode of 50 Years of Shit Robots. Stephen Murray, how's your voice holding up this week? It's uh, still slightly sexy, uh, but getting there. That would be could be your Tinder bio, couldn't it? Slightly <laughs> sexy, but getting there. <laughs> I can hear them swiping left as we speak. Just before we start talking about the meat of this episode... Um, I just want to give us some feedback from a previous episode that was sent to us after the um, Robot World Cup concluding episode. Uh, and we had talked about K9 being voiced by John Leeson. Oh, yeah. Who was Bungle in Rainbow. And Mark, who uh, runs the Folklore podcast, which is an excellent podcast if you're into folklore, he said, Rebungle, John Leeson only played him very briefly at the inception of Rainbow. Stanley Bates is the actor known for the role. But he says there is another Doctor Who robot connection with Rainbow. And I didn't know whether you knew this or not. Oh, no, I don't know that. So uh, Zippy was voiced by Roy Skelton... And Roy Skelton is one of the people who voiced Daleks. <gasps> oh, now the Daleks. I've, I've been berated because we never had them on the football list. Yeah, well, um, Mark was having a, a sort of like a sidebar chat with uh, somebody saying that should Daleks be involved in, the, in sort of robot law because they're sort of... Arm, armor shells, aren't they, for, for organic matter inside? But yeah. I was saying that I feel that's that's sort of cyborgy, isn't it? Yeah, that's like Robocop or the Borg. Yeah, they're like cyborgs. Cyborgs. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you wag. I love the Doctor Who rainbow connection. I think that's such a lovely little sort of sub subgenre. I'm going to have to brush up on my Doctor Who, aren't I? Yeah, you are. So if, like Mark, you'd like to get in touch with us, then you can. We're on Twitter and Instagram, and we're both the same handle. It's at 50YOSR. So that's at F-I-F-T-Y-Y-O-S-R. OK, so on today's episode, it's our last one of 2022. We are going to be having some festive fun by looking at a film... It's one of the few Christmas films that's got robots in this film, isn't it? Yeah, I did. I, I scanned the internet trying to find any Christmas robots, and this was the only one. OK, so it's called Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. It was made in 1964. Just run us through the plot, Steve. Uh, basically, the plot is uh, Martian children uh, just watching... Uh, Earth TV all the time, uh, and they're a little bit sad. And their parents, uh, the, the the man in the, the house, just happens to be the ruler of Mars, uh, and he takes a band of people, one of which just looks like a porn star, down to Earth to, to find out what's going on. And they realise that it's the, it's this guy called Santa Claus. So they decide to kidnap him, and bring him back. And and unbeknownst to them, he he creates a great deal of cheer on the planet, but. The villains of the piece don't like the, this upset, this joy that's pervading Mars. So they decide to re-kidnap 
Santa Claus. All hilarity and, and chaos ensue, uh, and it all turns out really nicely, and uh, then they, they, they send Santa Claus back to Earth. Uh, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians is, um, is deemed th- one of the worst films ever made. It is the worst holiday film. It's the worst Christmas film ever made. <laughs> so, it's no, I'd, to- I'd refuse to believe that. I mean, I've sat through watching four Christmases. Every year, Brad and Kate spend the holidays avoiding their families. No flights are coming in and no flights are going out. This isn't happening. But this year, they'll be forced to celebrate. Hi, Mom. It's my dad. They just saw us on the news. With all of them, four Christmases. You gotta get out of here. I can't breathe. I wouldn't do it too. Can we begin at the beginning of Santa Claus Conquers the Martians? Yes. And talk about the theme tune. Oh, the the catchy 60s song. Yeah, so which is called Hooray for Santa Claus, although they pronounce it irritatingly Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Um, and I, I've, I've done some research, you'll be pleased to know, and it's by Milton De, De Lug, Milton De Lug and the Little Eskimos. Incredibly, it didn't chart. It didn't chart because you just want to rip your ears out when you listen oh, to God, it. It's awful, and it goes on and on and on. It's at the end of the film as well, just to prove that we both got there. Yeah. It is at the end as well. <laughs> we should have a T-shirt, shouldn't we, saying, I've made it through Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. <laughs> <laughs> Insanity Claus. <laughs> um, what did you think of the way the Martians looked? I think they were going for a bit of a Dr. Seuss look. Um, yeah. There is a film called The 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T, which predates this one. It was made in the late 50s, and it's the only film that was written for by Dr. Seuss. And um, and the, the whole aesthetic of the two films are quite similar, except 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T had money thrown at it. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> I'm really not sure what was thrown at... Uh, San- well, a, sanity a, clause. According to Wikipedia, two hundred thousand dollars. Oh, there you go. I think it was two million for five thousand fingers of Doctor T. But even two hundred thousand dollars sounds a lot. It does for those days. For for what what, what we end up with. Well, yeah, that's true. yeah. I'd say it is that nobody should watch this really because it's an hour and twenty minutes. That is, I mean, it's probably better spent doing something else, isn't it? Oh yeah, completely. But there were. Once you're in it and you're sort of luxuriating in the the awful bath of Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, there are some really charming bits about it, I thought. Where? Well, there's there's a bit where they are, they're on Mars, the Martians are on Mars, and, and as you said, all of the kids are just watching endless Earth TV shows. And um, they can't, they're not eating and they're not sleeping properly and all of the parents on Mars are really, really worried. And so they, they decide to call on the, the elder. Oh, uh, God, yeah. Um, but there's like lovely bits of dialogue because they're trying to make it sound all sort of folk, folkloric, I think. 
And so the leader of the Martians is called Kimar. And, and, and Kimar's wife sort of, you know, he says, what are we going to do about the children? And she says, Kimar, why don't you go into the forest and see the ancient one? <laughs> Did she actually say forest? Because they don't yes. go to a forest. Basically, she said forest. Why don't you go to the forest and see Chochum, the ancient one? Chochum is sort of like a, a sort of like a mad Gandalf. Yeah, he is, yeah. Um, who's been on? Who's, who's been on the the Christmas sherry? And he's been woken up, and he's not happy. And he's not happy about it. And he says that. And there's the, and this is the sort of I think the message of the film. He oh. says that <laughs> it has a message. <laughs> that the problem with all the Martian kids is that they're not allowed to have a childhood. We have no children on Mars. They have children's bodies, but with adult minds. They do not have a childhood. That as soon as they're born, they're fed information, and he says that they're adults as soon as they can walk. But he and he says that they must be allowed. They must be allowed to have a childhood. They must be allowed to learn to play and to have fun. And they and then they decide that the reason that Earth kids are like playing and have fun is because they've got Santa Claus, and the Martians don't have Santa Claus. But instead of thinking, <laughs> well, why don't we, why don't we get someone to dress up as Santa Claus? Yeah, and create they immediate- our own capitalist system. Yes, they immediately go for. Well, we've got to kidnap him. Yeah, which, which is seems ex- out of character because they seem like they're nice people, uh, Martians. Yeah, a bit strict, but nice. A bit strict, absolutely. But yeah, then they get on the space crib. Spaceship and they go to Earth. What did you think of the design of the spacecraft? Oh, spacecraft def- number one. It's 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 Plan Nine from outer space. It's like yeah. it's just cupboards yeah, and doors. So and, it's so and, funny, and isn't it? The electronics is the, is yeah. just hilarious. They're just behind. They're, it's in you know, like a coal bunker. <laughs> and the got- special radar system is in a is is in like a coal bunker in the side. Yeah. That they've you can got, put people in. Well, they've got it's in the radar box. It's the it? radar a, box. Because there's it. a bit where somebody says, "Check the radar box," and there's so many bits like that that are lovely. Where in you know, like if you're watching um, a hospital drama, there's this endless jargon that is really confusing, and it's just like means nothing. Theirs is so ordinary, it's excellent. So there's like the ra- the radar box, and then there's another thing that made me laugh was when they were about to land. And they said, lower the landing legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that should be problematic for the robot that's about to appear. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and again, there's some really lovely little little bits in this. So when, when the spacecraft is, is travelling towards Earth, I love the bit. They cu- kept cutting back to the, a newscaster on Earth who was sort of explaining what was going on. Earth has seen that there's a, an unidentified flying object and then it vanishes and it cuts to the newscaster who says Here is another UFO bulletin The Defence Department has just announced that the unidentified flying object has suddenly disappeared from our radar screen They believe the object has either disintegrated in space or it may be a spaceship from some other planet which has the ability to nullify our radar beams <laughs> I was able to absolutely <laughs> nail exactly what the, what the thing was I thought that was so lovely Now you alluded to it earlier as well but can we just mention briefly 
um, what we think of <laughs> what we think of one of the Martians having a moustache. Yeah, the the villain of the piece. What's his name? <laughs> yeah, I, can't I refused. I refused to remember it. I'm not going to fit the their names into my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that moustache is brilliant. It's beefy. That moustache is beefy. It is beefy, isn't it? It's a yeah. Ned Flanders, proper Ned Flanders, isn't it? It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh dear! All right, so and then then they get to the North Pole, which is where yeah. Santa Claus lives. Can we talk briefly about the polar bear? Polar bear, the lovely polar bear. <laughs> oh, I mean, you would just want to cuddle the polar bear. I think actually the thing that that makes it so um, unfrightening is the kids. They just sort of stare at it. Yeah. Well, and the fact that it's very clearly someone in a polar bear, yeah. polar bear suit. I mean, it looks like they're in a onesie. Yeah, it is. It? I've seen people in in a local supermarkets. Yeah, who look like shopping more realistic po- yeah. polar bears. Than Scarier that. than that polar bear. <laughs> it's when we're in the in the North Pole that we get to see <gasps> the thing we were wanting to see: <laughs> the robot, Torg. Why Torg, do you think? Why, wh- it's an anagram of Gort. Yeah, that, no, that does make sense, doesn't it? That it's a, an anagram of Gort from the day the earth yeah, stood, stood still. still. Um, so the day the earth stood still predates this film by over a decade. Yeah. Yeah. So Gort obviously looming large on the in the imagination of the, was, of the filmmakers. Big favourite for kids. There was merch. So naturally... They stick in uh, a robot in this f- amusingly called Torg, which everyone would have realised was a, an anagram of, of Gort. Yeah, yeah. and it, this, this one is literally looks like it's made out of cereal boxes. This one, yeah, I, I was thinking, you know how we've often described some of the robots of the 1930s as looking like a kid has drawn them, or the, you know, and, and this really looks like a kid has made it as well, doesn't it? Yeah, completely. Designed by the two kids it's pursuing, I'm sure. Yeah, They've put them to work as not just little actors, but they've they've actually designed and created the robot. Yeah, and it is... I mean, as you say, it looks like it's made out of cereal boxes that have been covered in foil, and then like cut. they've cut out a few knobs and buttons and sort of stuck them on, and some of them have fallen off, and so they've stuck them back on with sellotape. I mean, it's, I think... it, it's, it's the, it is the, by far the most rubbish robot we've it seen, is. I think. And I think inside that robot, there's a man in a polar bear onesie. And I think he's just, <laughs> he goes straight from the polar bear scene into Torg. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, there's not much more to say about Torg, I don't think, other no. than that he is, he's one of those, again, he fits into that mould of robot that we've seen where everyone in the story is sort of going, oh, God, this robot can do anything. This'll sort things out. Uh, you know, should we really release the robot because oh, you know, he might do so much harm. And then when you see the robot and you see him picking up the children, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's it's pathetic. Well, they just they jump into his arms basically. They don't. He doesn't pick them up. <laughs> um, so then the the robot is then sort of subdued by uh, Santa Claus. Who, oh, who yeah. sort of like he he charms him with his with his just general like joy. He go, they go into the, the the workshop and it's not even terrifying. He just walks in and then he stops, <laughs> and that's it. That's it. 
The guy with the porno tash freezes a couple of the uh, the, the little workers, yeah. the elves, uh, and then uh, they, they grab Santa Claus and they're off again and they leave the robot. Yeah. And that's it for the robot, isn't it? He's in, he's yeah, in it for about it. four minutes. Four joyous minutes. He's there just to keep Mrs. Claus company. Yeah. <laughs> they they return to Mars. And, I mean, Father Christmas seems quite chilled about the fact that he's basically going to spend the rest of his life on Mars. He's sort uh, of a when... bit like, oh, 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 okay. And the kids are all sad at one point. And then Kimar, who's a quite nice, he's quite a nice guy, yeah, yeah. he says... Have we have we upset you in any way? And they're like, no, uh, no, we're just going to bed. We're, yeah, we're just going to go to bed. No, you've treated us very well, Kimar and Moomar. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go to bed, and then they realise that that they need they they're, they're homesick and they need to go home. And so it all works out. And then there's someone on Mars who there's one of the Martians who who wants to dress up as as Santa Claus, the comedy so, foil. Yeah, and so he he <laughs> he becomes Santa Claus on on Mars, and at the end, Santa Claus and the kids return back to Earth. I was thinking to myself as I was watching all of this, how much of Earth's uh, sort of Christian festivals the Martians knew the ins and outs of. Because at one stage, some, one of them starts singing Jingle Bells. And how do they know that? Because the other thing that they knew all about were, in, were Earth food. All the food they ate was Earth food in pill form. In pill form, yeah. <laughs> Milk in a yeah, pill. it's like, oh, what's this pill? It's a banana split pill or a chocolate cake <laughs> pill or whatever. You, think you must have your own food on Mars that you can you can just be into. I don't know. I think I honestly think you're looking a bit too deeply well, into it. Well, I was thinking to myself <laughs> that perhaps oh, the Martians oh. should be focusing more on exploring and developing their own indigenous cultures, and not trying to yes. um, not trying to you know to be subjugated by Earth's. Um, ones and instead of leaving tech all over Earth for us to <laughs> leaving cardboard boxes, <laughs> leaving cardboard with, with foil on. <laughs> anyway, the other my other observation I've just got here because of the the, the tight fitting Martian costumes. Well, yeah, they I've were just a put, bit tight. <laughs> I've just put there's a lot of moobs on Mars. <laughs> yeah, there were <laughs> an awful lot of moobs. <laughs> mm. Okay, so I mean, let's why don't we as we do it every week, but. Um, so Torg, um, shit robot. Oh God, yeah, he's right up there. <laughs> At some point soon, we should do a league table, shouldn't we? Yeah, completely. Uh, Torg, Torg is up there. He's yeah. the, he's the he's the standard, the gold standard. Yeah, I I mean, for me, Torg is right up there, which me- which means that this film has a has a little place in my heart. I think. Oh wow. You d- there is a little aside to this. Yeah, that, go on. Um, the, um, this, in the 90s, this film was shown on Mystery Science Theatre 3000 and, and gained a little kind of traction. No, it was also in uh, the syndicated series Canned Film Festival. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Good. Yeah. So, I mean, it's brought, it's brought, brought Christmas cheer and joy to, to people for... Decades. Yes, it's up there. I'm <laughs> down there. Yeah. So because this is our last episode of 2022... Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe I thought we should look ahead to some robot films that are going to be hitting the screens in 2023. 
And there's a couple um, that I thought we should look at because it feels like they they occupy like ends of a different rainbow. The first end of the rainbow is a film called, it's called Megan. Ever since I was little, I dreamed of this perfect toy that would protect a kid from ever feeling lonely or sad. This is Megan. Hi, Megan. I'm Katie. It's nice to meet you, Katie. Do you want to hang out? It broke the internet when the clip was released. Did it? Why? It did, yeah. Well, the premise is that, that it's a, a doll that's a, a, an android to help a, a little girl who's who's had some tragedy in her life. The doll has a slight uncanny valley about it. But I think but that's n- deliberate, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, but not too much, but not just just the right amount of uncanny valley. Yeah, and it it obviously it's it's a, a bit of a slasher film, so it she she starts uh, yeah not and we- not switching off. Yeah. And not following commands. She no. is not going to be getting her Asimov no, badge. No, she, she is not. Um, and we know right at the beginning that it's going to be a horror film, so I don't think that's you spoiling anything no, for anybody. No, I'm definitely not spoiling But it. it looks good. It looks like the sort of film I think I'd really like. Yeah, the bit that broke the internet was the bit where she dances in the hallway and does all these uh, crazy... Yeah. Like slight, TikTok dances. Slightly sexual moves. Yeah. It reminded me a bit... I don't know if you've read the book Clara and the Sun... No. by Kazuo Ishiguro, which is about a young girl who has had tragedy in her life and whose mum buys her um, an AI robot. And uh, it's brilliant. I, re- I really recommend it. It's is it a such... horror? No, but it's it's quite unsettling. There are some themes in his book that keep recurring, and I think this is one of them. It explores, you know, if um, if a sort of created entity can think autonomously and have feelings and experience the world, then should we give it, should it have rights, I suppose? And, and, mm. how, and how should it fit into humanity? And what should we, you know, how should we deal with it? And what should we do with it sort of thing? Right so back it, to Rossum's Universal Robots and then well, right, skip right over to Blade Runner. Exactly. So, uh, Megan looks good. I'm, I think we should do an episode on Megan. Yeah. Looks good. Now, the other film that is coming out next year, or another film that's got robots in, is Transformers 7, <laughs> Rise of the Beasts. Oh, it really is a 7. I think it is 7, yeah. Of all the threats from both your past and future, you've never faced anything like this. Let them come. So the trailer for this, I mean, I I honestly found it sort of unfathomable. I sort of, I've never seen a Transformers film, but I I know the concept because I was a kid in the 80s when the Transformer toys came out and then the cartoon series came out. But the, this is, this is now where it feels like there's, there's Transformer robots and there's also Transformer robots that are animals. Yeah, there's a, Huge monkey in it, like like in King Kong. God knows what's going on. I'm, I'll very happily watch it with you if you want. If you fancy, if we, you think we should do an episode on that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's it from us for 2022. Have yourselves a wonderful little Christmas. Look out for Torg. Yes. Look out for in Torg. your stockings. <laughs> I mean, good news, you could make that, couldn't you? Oh, for, I've made one. For your kid. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, 
yeah, have a great Christmas and a very happy new year. And we will see you on the 2nd of January 2023 when it is Asimov Day. And we are going to be watching Bicentennial Man. So until then, <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. I wish you and yours the very best of everything. <laughs> <laughs>